Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Welcome to the WRSU crew here on College Ave Campus 603 here on the East Coast. My name is Jack Basaya, making a long-awaited return to the crew from last semester. Dylan Allen, Gideon Fox also here in attendance. And we got a lot to talk about uh, today, and that does not include the NFL. So hopefully we don't get to the NFL because I know two of us don't really want to talk about that at the moment. But we will start with a big win last night. Rutgers men's basketball continuing to steamroll the Big Ten, moving the six and three in conference, fourteen to six overall with a sixty-five to forty-five win over Penn State. Balanced team effort, I gotta say. Last night, uh, Cliff Amore did lead all scorers with sixteen points. Andre Hyatt came off the bench, twenty-five minutes, scored fourteen points, six to twelve from the field. Big performance from him. Paul Mulcahy doing Paul Mulcahy things, 12 points, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds. And the last double-digit score was Caleb McConnell, who had 10 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, and elite, elite defense on Jalen Pickett, which I, I mean, I tweeted about it last night, and I went, I went semi-viral, like 100, 100 likes or so. Caleb McConnell it proved last night he's still the best defender of the Big Ten. Overall, great game. Great game last night. Yeah, lots of things went well for Rutgers after – you know, things were a little tough after coming out of Michigan State. Um, there's still lots to work on, you know, just in general. But it was it was one big thing that, like, was Rutgers completely changed their game plan, right? What they did against Michigan State didn't work. So they tried something completely different, and it led to a 20-point victory, and they allowed 45 points on defense. I mean, the football team has given up more points in a single game than the basketball team gave up an entire game. Um, it's just so many things went well. I think we'll start it off. We have a lot of audio from last night. I think we're going to start it off. With the glue guy, the Bayonne basher himself, let's hear what Paul Mulcahy had to say after the game last night. Paul, just take me through this game. I mean, altogether, all this team plays the old school basketball. You play a great role in that. And not just that, you didn't foul for the first 36 minutes of the contest. How do you pull that off? Me, personally? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, just the, some of the mashups. I mean, Caleb and, and um, Caleb and Moat were guarding a lot of the actions. Um, so I was just trying to help them. And, um, what we play, I, think, I think we play a fun brand of basketball. Uh, heavy on defense, but we share the ball. Yeah. Well, you had 11, you shot the ball 11 times. You had six assists. When you're driving with the ball up the court, how do you determine when you're going to shoot when you're going to pass? What, what thinking goes through your head? Uh, we were just trying to see what they give us. Um, if we see a mismatch, sometimes we can hunt it out for anybody. Um, like Pike said, we have great size at every position. So um, just going going off that and just how they guard us. What's it like being able to help Andre Hyatt assist on those type of plays that he made in half number two? Take me through your game plan in that and how your assist did lead Andre to score eight points in about minutes, maybe even seconds. Um, yeah, no, Andre's a, a, a big-time player. Um, I've been saying it for two years since he's been here. Uh, I'm glad he, he had a spurt like he did today. I'm hoping that helps us down the line, but I trust him with everything. Uh, he's, him and Cam are like the best shooters I've ever seen. Um, he's got great length and 
Well, when Cam Sims hits his big shots against Purdue and Northwestern, you're the guy that passes him the ball. So how does it feel to be the guy that sets up those big plays? Uh, it don't matter. Uh, they, they trust me with the ball. Today I had two stupid turnovers, but... Um, I mean, I, I think the coaches trust me and, and all the guys. I'm just going to try to make the right play, whether it be scoring or passing. So. Why is it so special to beat Penn State? You've beat, beaten them multiple times at home. This one by 20 points. What makes it so unique to be a team from State College? Um, they're a really good team. they got a really, really good coach. Coach in the NBA, uh, coach at Purdue. Um, and they're a hungry team. Um, we've seen a lot of teams like them. They're, they're, they're going to be dangerous to a lot of programs. So it's, 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 it's a good win, but we move on to. No, I'm so happy for him. Um, I mean, he was honest, but uh, I mean, he, he's the ability to do that and more. Uh, I said him and Cam are snipers, like the best shooters I, I played with, seen. Uh, so we need him to shoot the ball, and you can see him smiling and. And like something gets lifted off, but I mean that's what he could do. That's what he does. That's why I try to get across, whether he's making them or not. Like just just keep going, and, and I, I mean it, I was happy. I'm like smiling for him. So yeah. making a big focal point, just helping him not get his own way in his own head if he's missing a shot. I mean through the course of the season, is that something that as a leader of the team Yeah, but it's vice versa. He he helps me too. Like like there's. This stuff is no joke, and, and we hear everything from everybody, and um, we, have, we have lives, and a lot of people go through stuff, but um, for this game to happen, I'm hoping that's going to help them down the line and, and keep, uh, keep pushing us to be better. It's not a surprise at this point, but obviously, you know, Coach Michael and Barney transfers that have been seamless. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been saying Dre's a really good player since last year. Um, he didn't get all the opportunity possibly last year, but but he's more than ready. I mean, he's got a 7-4 wingspan. He can shoot the three better than anybody. He's strong. Like, like he's a very, very good player, so... Um, any, 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 like helps us in the locker room. He's great with all the guys. So he's been, he's been awesome. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that, that starts from Coach Pikes. Coach Pikes, a blue collar coach. I think he's the best coach to play for in the country for sure. Uh, all our guys, like underrated guys, we work hard uh, and care about each other. So, yeah, it's fun. And welcome back after we heard from Paul Mulcahy. The captain, the glue guy on this Rutgers basketball team, Jack, like you were saying, he's has, has stepped into the offensive forefront on this team. He does more than just hold the team together now, but he's putting points on the board. Absolutely, yeah. He's he's probably the most important cog on this offense when, you know, Caleb McConnell's the most important, arguably, on defense. Paul is the most important on offense. He's the pick-and-roll maestro. He's the guy that's setting everyone up, you know. Look at the three big look at the three big shots Cam Spencer has hit or two big shots at the end of the games. You know, Paul McKay set him up on both of them. I mean, he's the guy that runs this offense and he's so crucial, you know, to the success of the team. And he played well last night again. I mean, he made some big plays. Uh, you know, was solid on the defensive end. You know, you got you got to tip your cap to him. He played 38 minutes too. That's not that's not easy to do in a physical league like the Big 10. So, you know, you got you got to respect the guy. I think he's off to a great start this season and uh we just gotta, we just gotta finish the deal. Going into the, we're almost at the home stretch. I think we're nine games into the Big Ten schedule. We got eleven to go. We're gonna be entering the month of February, which is always fun. Um, 
Looking forward to it. Because nothing crazy in college basketball oh, ever uh, happens uh, in February. I also <laughs> forgot. He is also the tallest point guard in the Big Ten. So. I think a new you study came out. I think he's the tallest point guard to ever touch a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> but to your point, Jack, like, Paul Mulcahy can only do so much in these games you highlighted. He can, you know, get the space needed, get the pass off. But then what it really comes down to is making shots. And you saw against Michigan State, no one could buy a bucket. And, you know, that's been the outlier game this year where the offense was really at its worst. I mean, you could talk about this team not really getting to the 70-point mark in the Big Ten, but the offense, you could argue it was just as bad as that Seton Hall game uh, a couple of months ago. And I, I, that's the big thing. Mulcahy can get you the looks, can get you the pass. It's just guys need to hit their shots. And other than the Michigan State game and the Seton Hall game, they've done a pretty nice job at that. Yeah, and, you know, I that's my main criticism of the team so far this year, I think. There's a lot of good to see from this team, and you know they're in great shape for the NCAA tournament. They're six and three, the Big Ten, yada yada yada. The one thing I have against this team is that they don't really—they seem to have a cap on their offensive output every game, and the numbers speak for themselves. They haven't reached the 70-point mark in all nine Big Ten games they played so far this year. And think about the two games that, or the two—forget Ohio State. Think of the two games that they lost so far this year in the Big Ten that wasn't Ohio State, Iowa and Michigan State. Number one, those are two teams that scored over 70 points against them, have the ability to put the ball in the bucket. And second, there are two teams that shoot the ball pretty well from three and are pretty tough to defend because look at Iowa. Iowa's a, you know, Philip LaBrocca in the middle, Peyton Sanford outside, you know, um, the McCaffrey kid, like, outside. Yeah. He's, like, they can shoot, and they play a very slippery style of basketball, meaning, like, you know, they like to slip They like to slip on pick and rolls. Rebrocka likes to make, you know, quick post moves and dish it out to three, collapse the defense, dish it out to three to Sanford. I mean, Peyton Sanford might not be allowed to stay in New Jersey after the performance <laughs> he put on in that game. But, you know, that's that's tough. That's tough to defend. And when the, def- when the Rutgers defense is maybe a step slow or maybe if I it's just one of those days when they're hitting, are they going to be able to step up and – you know, score over 70 points or play shot to shot with those type of teams. Yeah. And so far, I haven't seen it yet. doesn't mean they can't. They, like, they can't do it. And we'll see what happens in the next couple weeks. But my main gripe against this team, um, but that's my main gripe against this team. But, you know, they play elite defense. And when you play elite defense, you can beat literally anybody in the country. Well, so. that's, that's the biggest argument against that is it doesn't even matter how many points you put up. No college basketball team is going to go undefeated. Of course, everybody thinks Rutgers should and could go undefeated at home. They lose to Iowa and Seton Hall at home. This defense looked great against Seton Hall. The offense looked miserable. Um, so, you know, and, and the defense and offense looked miserable against Iowa. But So Rutgers drops a game to Michigan State on the road. They drop a game to Iowa. They drop a game to Seton Hall. Things happen. Like It's okay. What This is elite defense. Like Rutgers has been playing good defense ever since Steve Peichel got here. They've never been third in Kempom week or day after day. I mean, Kempom gets updated nightly. This defense has never been third in Kempom so consistently. I mean, last night they dropped to four. By the end of the night, they're back up to three. This team is is playing defense on a whole nother plane than they ever have before. Everything is working for them right now. Things are bound to happen, right? Michigan, Michigan State lit them up from three, and Rutgers had no answer from three. If Rutgers or Cam Spencer specifically, or even Andre Hyatt, hit a couple extra shots against Michigan State. I mean, that's that's a one-point ball game going into halftime. That's a you know three-point ball game going down the stretch, you know, compared to the double digits that it actually was. So I, I get where you're coming from, Jack, and it's definitely could be the biggest weakness of this team, but I don't think it's any cause to, to sound the alarms yet. Um, just no, because no how, of how incredible sound, yeah. this defense is. No, yeah, no, no alarms being sound. It's just like an observation I've had so far, you know, with the team, but... 
Yeah, I want to touch on the defense a little bit because it really does deserve talking. When you're there, like, at Jersey Mike's Arena watching a game, like, you really recognize how great they are defensively. Like, their team defense, their communications, their rotations are so on point. They're always in the right spot. They're always, you know, quick to pick up each other. Like, they're quick to switch screens. They're quick to, you know, communicate off the ball. You have to be there to watch. You don't really see it on TV that much. I don't know why, but you, when you're there, you recognize how good they are in defense. And it's really, if you're a basketball fan, like, you would appreciate it. Like, and I think Rutgers fans, to their credit, appreciate what this team does, like, on a night-to-night basis on the defensive end. I mean, I think back to that Maryland game at the beginning of the month where Andre Hyatt pinned a Maryland player off the basket on, like, at, in the start of the game where Rutgers' defense was just absolutely swarming Maryland the entire way through. Andre Hyatt pinned, um, I don't know who the guy was on Maryland, but he pinned him, threw it back up to Derek Simpson. Derek Simpson threw threw down a major dunk um, on the other end, and that's the loudest I've heard the building get so far this year in my experience being there. So, you know, their defense is elite. You could beat anybody in the country when you do that, like I said, when you defend at such a high level. And, you know, they got a tough game coming up against Iowa, a team that's really been the only one to – kind of figure out Rutgers defense so far this year yeah and and real quick I mean you you saw what Michael Shrewsbury said for Penn State about his defensive his team defensively they a lot of times he said they played soft and a reporter asked you know use another word for soft and he said petite right and so it just shows that on a nightly basis it it seems to me the only way Rutgers can get beat defensively is if you're having as a team just an outstanding night from the field shooting like you're not going to out physical you're not going to out tough Rutgers down low you're gonna have to make tough shots and Iowa did that to their credit but you know a lot of these games that Rutgers plays this year all low scoring not a ton of scoring for the other team I mean you look at Purdue they only scored 64 in their own building uh, against that Rutgers defense a game they couldn't win so you know it, it in order to beat Rutgers to get past their tough defensive unit you need to make shots and that's what Michigan State did and also it didn't help that Rutgers offensively couldn't buy a bucket and that's what Iowa did and Michael Shrewsbury, head coach for Penn State, pretty much just reiterated the same point saying, listen, Rutgers just played grown man basketball. We were playing soft. And that's the difference right now. Um, And if Rutgers can continue to play the way they've been playing defense, I I know they're going to go places this year. And on the topic of the defense, we're going to hear from the man that orchestrates it all. We'll we'll hear what Steve Peichel had to say about his team's defensive efforts last night. Paul, you know, it's these guys. So it's Caleb McConnell, you know, those guys, it's, uh, they've decided that they want to be really good, you know, both ends of the floor, but especially on that defensive end, and when they're connected, they've done a good job. So they dictate what kind of season we These players are in charge, and uh, they were locked in. You know, they were locked in today. They play at that pace anyway, so I knew it would be that kind of a game. And, uh, you yeah, know, we just did a good job. They locked in, but it's you know, players probably and that's the man, the myth, the legend, Steve Peichel himself, who had a pretty good feature on the Big Ten Network uh, that released today. So if anyone hasn't watched that, definitely go and check it out. It was a good good, uh, good background into you know the rise of the Rutgers program that we've all seen and witnessed and thought it was pretty good. But one more thought on the defense. I haven't talked about this on air, but Kayla McConnell and Mawat Mack particularly do an excellent job of not getting their hands, quote-unquote, caught in the cookie jar. You know, you'll see a lot when you watch defenders on any level. 
Um, not really in the NBA because they took it out the game basically. But you know they'll use the arm bar. They'll hand check someone and they'll basically play defense with their hands and that'll ultimately lead to a lot of fouls and one thing that Caleb and Watt do really well is defend with their body and their feet I mean that's what you teach from day one as a coach you want to have players guard with their feet and you know play with their body basically and I pointed it out in a clip from the Ohio State game of Watt Mag how he did that but those guys are so athletic and they're so schooled defensively that they're able to do that and I think that's a major catalyst to the Rutgers defense I mean you rarely see Caleb and or Mwatt Mag get into foul trouble, and I think that's a big reason why. I mean, Caleb had a pretty dumb foul at the end of the first half where he, uh, I think he clipped Jalen Pickett like 13 seconds left, led him to be out for like a little bit at the start of the second half. But regardless, he, both of them do a really good job. If you watch, like you'll see, like once they get, a, they'll know when they get an offensive player into a bad position, they'll put up their hands, they'll let you know their body basically do the talking and. You know, really force the ref to like make a stupid call, but I I had to I had to point that out because you know there's subtle nuances you see with Rutgers defense that really makes them so effective. And um, as I've said a million times, it's incredible to see. I think another thing with those fouls is is Cliff Amore drew seven fouls last night. He had four trips to the foul line. I think he only missed two shots. When you have a big man that. The only way you could stop him is by fouling, and then he's able to knock down shots, which hasn't been the case for Rutgers big men in the past. Um, as dominant as Cliff in the past and as Miles Johnson was through his entire career, they lacked shooting skills uh, up until right now. And when the only way to stop Cliff Amore is just by hacking at him and sending him to the line and then praying, it's a recipe for success for Rutgers. And Cliff has a double-double. Last night he's averaged a double-double on the season. That's going to continue for a long time if defenses are are just fouling him and if they're trying to stop him. He's going to be the tallest guy on the court every time out. Um, but we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up how... Head coach Micah Shrewsbury's press conference ended last night. Were you guys watching that? <laughs> How'd you hear about what happened last night? Uh, I didn't. From I you, didn't. from you, Giddy, because you were there. <laughs> I heard about it maybe a half an hour afterwards. And I think it was the. I think um. I think I saw Carino's tweet on it, uh, like at, on Twitter last night. But yeah, I did hear about it. So Jalen Pickett, who is really one of the best players in the Big Ten, um, and yeah. did get dominated last night by by Caleb McConnell, but still is is a very very talented basketball player. Was not able to shoot from the line. Pretty much at all. He had two shots. Former high school teammates, by the way, Caleb McConnell and Jalen Pickett. Really? Yeah. Where they was go? A reunion. Uh, Spire in oh, Ohio. Okay. Wasn't Mag also there at one point? Prolific Prep. That was my. That was my. Mag. Oh, was, maybe. Okay. Maybe I, I know he went to Prolific Prep. Maybe he was at Spire from one year. I could be totally. I just whatever. But I former high school teammates. That's funny. Yeah. So that's. I mean, it's clear who who won that battle last night. Um. But I mean, Shrewsbury stormed out of the of the press room last night, talking about how Jalen Pickett. Didn't get any fouls last night, and we'll hear a little bit from how that went. I'm done sending in clips. I'm done sending in. I got to coach my team, right? I just want Jalen Pickett to shoot like more than two free throws a game. He's one of the best players in this league who never gets fouled. And then right <laughs> after that, he gets up and walks out. That's a classic clip, and that's what happens when you play Rutgers. You just get frustrated because you were just flat-out dominated and – and it made your team just look like, as he said, just little man, you know, boy basketball, not grown man basketball whatsoever, using his words. So it can get frustrating. And the one thing about Jalen Pickett, too, we talked about how he didn't get any foul calls. He still had 15 points in this game. The thing that I think Rutgers did an awesome job, and we talk about their defense, right, and this is the reason why, Pickett coming into this game averaged seven assists per game. He only had two last night. So, per, so Penn State normally gets seven assists out of this guy, and they only got two. Like, we're not hitting shots whatsoever. And to put that in perspective, his seven assists per game, 
ranks fourth in the country. Fourth. So the fact that Rutgers was able to silence that part of their game really showed not how one-dimensional they are or maybe how much they rely on the three ball. Penn State's a good team, but it shows that once that doesn't happen, once you know it, Penn State gets in a situation where it, it doesn't happen, it looked like they weren't prepared or they didn't have a backup plan to go to, and it, it looked like they were very one-dimensionally be in this game because it didn't it didn't work with the assist from Jalen Pickett, and right from there, just there wasn't really an answer to go to, and Rutgers did an awesome job silencing a lot of their main guys. I mean, listen, Andrew Funk got his he got his money's worth, twelve points, made two threes out of seven. Dude, he's a ridiculous shooter. I know, and that's what I mean. Like, if you're Rutgers, you will live with that all day. I mean, listen, Penn State had forty five points as a team, but the the, the Individual defensive assignments for Rutgers. They did an outstanding job. Because Andrew Funk, uh, I believe, is kind of like their Cam Spencer in a sense. This year he's shooting 42% from three. So not as good, but that's pretty darn good. And the fact that you, if you're Rutgers, you hold him to two for seven, um, especially in a game where Penn State's down the whole time and he's not taking 12 three point. You know, he's not taking a bunch of shots. It, it just shows you another example of this Rutgers defense. And I understand Shrewsbury, why he'd be frustrated. And it makes sense. Perfectly sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and what surprised me a little bit was Penn State, every possession either seemed like Penn State would have a wide open three and then brick it, or they would get down to what would have been a shot clock violation, but they just chucked up some bad shot, um, which players like Andrew Funk were hitting. They're hitting like really, really long twos, but credit to the Rutgers defense. Um, the shot, it doesn't look like it on paper um, because they weren't called shot clock violations, but it, it must have been almost closer to 10 times where the where the the shot clock expired as the ball was in the air after Penn State just had to chuck up some shot because Rutgers wouldn't let them drive Penn State couldn't penetrate they were stuck on the perimeter they had Kayla McConnell and Mawat Mag double teaming anybody it, they just had to chuck up some bad shot and when Rutgers was forcing these horrible horrible shots I mean it, it makes complete sense why why Penn State shot four for twenty six from deep I think we should now preview the next game for Rutgers a little bit you know, big win against Penn State no 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 doubt there but a tough road test. This upcoming weekend, I believe, right? When is the 29th? Is that Sunday? It's going to be Sunday. A Sunday. big day for Rutgers basketball. At the same time, at starting at 145 on WRC, we have coverage of both the men's game at Iowa and the women's game also at Indiana. There you go. So, a big weekend for Rutgers basketball here on, our, on WRSU, as you said. Uh, the men's game would be on the alt stream, correct? Yeah, so, men's, men's will be at WRSU.org slash sports. There you go. It'll, on Nightline, will be back on the air as well as the Ultra. Okay. So Rutgers takes the trip out to Iowa City, and we all know what happened the first time they played Iowa this year. A tough loss, 76-65 at home. A game in which Iowa was just hitting every single shot, and Sanford had 22 points. And this is the example that I brought up, and this is how you beat this Rutgers defense when you can just shoot like no other and have a good night shooting. I, I think I see that's the only way Iowa wins this game because um, since that Rutgers game, they had they won uh they won a big game against Michigan won a big game against Maryland, uh, and then lost on the road by twenty points to Ohio State and Ohio State's a team that's been struggling as of 93 late ninety three points ninety three points to Ohio State and keep in mind this is a team that uh has that went on a five game losing streak and they've lost six of their last seven Ohio State th- this is not a good basketball team this is not the same team that we saw in their place when they were ranked 24, Or the same thing that we saw just a couple Sundays ago. Right, and, and credit to them, they played us close. But right now, Ohio State is 11-9, and and they're 12th in the Big Ten. Oof. I mean, talk about, they were top 25 ranked when we played them on the road. Now they're 11-9, and and since that game that we played them, they won a game against Maine, they won against Alabama A&M, uh, and Northwestern. 
on the road. Since then, they've lost every single game other than against Iowa by t- almost 20 points. They almost lost to Minnesota. They lost to Minnesota. And they lost to Minnesota, who <laughs> which is by three points at home, which Minnesota right now is 7-11. and They're last in the conference. <laughs> so right now, Ohio State is not a good team, and Iowa coming off a really bad loss against them. And I remember when we previewed the first Iowa game, it was interesting because um, they had lost some questionable games too. Like, they lost against um, Eastern Illinois at home. They gave up 92 points to them. And then the list goes on with some questionable losses, including a game against Penn State and a 15-point route by Nebraska. So Iowa seems like a shaky team to me. They're not very consistent. And I think the shooting barrage, they, they, they were due for one, and it went against Rutgers. Now, in this home game, who knows, coming off a 20-point game against uh, a 20-point loss against Ohio State, as I said, who knows what team we'll get against when we play them at Iowa. And well, I think if, they can, if Rutgers can just silence some of their shooters down, it would be a good game for Rutgers. they probably win. Absolutely. I mean— Rutgers has proven they could win on the road this year. They've won in what is probably what what is definitely a top three tough environment to play in in the Big Ten. Dylan, you were there at Mackey Arena. They played at Welsh Ryan Arena. Look, it's the smallest arena in the Big Ten, but that I mean that game had the record for the most amount of Northwestern students there. It's a loud building too. It's kind of like Jersey Mike's Arena, where like you just pack everybody into such a small little shed. Like it's going to be <laughs> loud and, and difficult, and it's a nice arena. A record around a Northwestern students to see Cam Spencer end them. <laughs> there will never be that many students at a Northwestern basketball game again. But I think what's really interesting is before Iowa takes on Rutgers um, this Thursday night at seven, they play Michigan State. That is that is a huge game. It doesn't really matter for the metrics for Rutgers. Right, it's because Rutgers lost Iowa once, lost to Michigan State once. It's just gonna be interesting to watch that game. I'm very, very curious to see at which the teams roll out. And, and Iowa's on the road too. I was, yep. It just it, oh. right at the Breslin I Center. Thought, my bad. I thought you meant the uh, the game next week, Rutgers Michigan no. State. No, so yeah, they do play. So at, far, they do right? play at been... Breslin though on Thursday. That will be a good game, right? For yeah, sure. Yeah. That's that's, that's so. super yeah. interesting. Yeah. And, for sure. And that's again that Ohio State loss on the road then they go to Michigan State on the road and then they have to fly back home to play Rutgers it's a tough three game stretch and again you'll be like you said Giddy this is an interesting game because Michigan State has been playing lights out as of late right now they're 13 and 7 but they played against uh the number 3 team at the time Purdue 64-63 lost by one point then they beat the crap out of us at home and then on the road against IU as of late they got beat up pretty good so Michigan State has been a team where they can string together some good wins, and then they've had a couple of losses where they shouldn't lose, uh, specifically on the road. But at home this year, they have looked very, very good. As I mentioned, that Purdue loss was one by one. They beat Rutgers pretty pretty easily. Um, they beat Michigan. They beat Nebraska. Uh, a couple of mid-major schools, they beat Penn State. Um, and they lost to Northwestern. So they've been a pretty good home team this year. It'll be a tough place to win. Um, especially, you know, Iowa coming in. As I said, they're kind of a streaky team. So if it all goes south from the start, I could see it being a game that Michigan State controls and kind of dominates throughout. But if Iowa starts hitting shots, it's hard if you're a defensive first team to really claw your way back into it. And uh, I I think, Giddy, you were on the Michigan State trip, right? Yes. So they play fast. Oh, yeah. They, so, their transition basketball is ridiculous. It's not fast the way that Iowa offense It's fast. It's the way that, like, if you miss a shot, you better, by the time that ball, the second you release that ball, you run down the court and play defense because they're going to be waiting for you. doesn't matter which player it is. It could be players one through five in that lineup. They will sprint down the court. It was 
crazy. By the time that Palumbo and I were done calling like a miss and saying who the rebound was, the ball would be 50 feet up the court and it would be like a four on two because the Rutgers defense or the Rutgers offense was still boxing out players. I mean, if you miss a shot, they're going to make you pay. It's a game of contrasting styles. Absolutely is. Yeah, it's going to be really, really exciting. I think it's a cool game to watch. Um, I also think being, you know, if you're a Rutgers fan, there's a, you know, you know these teams very well. Yeah, I mean, Pico. What I mean by contrasting styles, I mean Pico likes to play Pico, what I call Pico ball, which is if he wins the game thirty to twenty-eight, he'd be beaming with smiles at the post-game press conference. He wants to dictate pace of the game. He wants to turn it into a meat grinder. He wants to turn it into a defensive affair because that he thinks that his team has the best chance to win in those type of games. The complete opposite is Iowa, who likes to get up and down the floor, shoot threes, you know, play kind of a loose form of basketball, what I was talking about earlier with uh, with how they run their offense, and score 90, 80 to 90 points. And it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be interesting to see who or which style prevails in this game. If we make it to halftime and the score is like it was last year when we beat Ohio State at Jersey Mike's Arena, or Ohio State, Iowa, at uh, Jersey Mike's Arena, um, then we know that we're playing pickle ball. If it's you know forty to thirty-three Iowa, then we know we're playing to their style. So yeah, and the halftime score last time, the last time these two teams played this year at Jersey Mike's Arena was forty-two to thirty. So that goes to your point about yeah, can't, it was playing yeah. Iowa type of basketball, and that and that's exactly what I think this Iowa team will bank on again. Just hot shooting, they can get some shots up and they go in, right? I mean. They're going to continue to put those shots up, and it's it's hard, it's hard to defend when they're just so quick and they shoot so many times a game. So going to that Michigan State game with Iowa in their transition game, if Iowa misses a bunch of threes or a bunch of long shots, right, it'll be interesting to see if Michigan State takes advantage with that fast play that they do in transition to see if they can steal some quick buckets on the other end. Because we know Iowa isn't that great of a defensive team. Let's just be honest. They, I mean, they gave up 93 points to Ohio State recently, and they gave up 90-plus to Eastern Illinois. They rely on shooting. So if they get caught lacking, they get caught in the transition game, right? And that's when I think Michigan State could prevail. So I'll tune into that game. It's going to be a fun one because I want to see what kind of Iowa team we might get, some kind of inkling, some foreshadowing of what team we're going to get on Sunday. Well, last question before we send it to break after our first segment. Is, is this Iowa game on Sunday going to be the Cam Spencer redemption game? And anybody that's down and and saying bad things about Cam Spencer, I think is the most, that's the most like goldfish memory ever. Ruck, right? The fact that Rutgers was ranked for a week this year is getting AP votes, regardless of the results of the Iowa game. Even if they lose, they're going to get AP votes. If they win against Iowa, they'll be ranked. But the reason it, why we're 6-3 and three in the Big Ten yeah, is because of number 10. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, you could say, sure, he didn't do great against Miami. Well, we also were missing Paul Mulcahy. And, sure, did he He didn't play well against Michigan State? Fine. But ne- no, but neither nobody no did. No one did. Nobody played good against Michigan State. Rutgers would not have been ranked. If, if Rutgers lost to Purdue and Northwestern and had all these other losses, they would not have been ranked. Mm-hmm. They would have no, gotten maybe three points in the AP poll. It's literally all because of Cam Spencer. And, like, when you're a true shooter, like Cam – and you can you can name the true shooters Rutgers has on, on one hand – Akwasi Yaboa, <laughs> Cam Spencer, guys that are three and D guys. That's literally it, right? Guys like right. Geo Baker and Harper Jr. who could shoot the ball were not three and D guys. Geo other... Geo's a combo guard. He wasn't exactly. a shooter. So you, when you have Cam Spencer, Akwasi Yaboa, they're not gonna go three for five every night. That's just they, they wouldn't be in college if they were going three for five every night. Cam Spencer would be would be working out for NBA teams right now. And, and let's not forget too. I mean, we're twenty games into this the, the year. 
He's still shooting around forty four percent from three. Let's not like that's absurd. Ridiculous. Yes. That's absurd. Yeah, and, and it's not like he shoots one three a game. I mean, the guy shoots at least five. He took a game where he went zero for seven and he's still forty four percent. That's better than NBA numbers. Right. So that's let's not forget what he's been doing all season long, just because it's recently on our memory and it happened. Absolutely. As you mentioned, the goldfish memory. It's just like let's not forget what this guy is doing, and he's playing over thirty minutes an outing. So he's shooting a ton, playing a ton. And not only is he making the three balls, I mean, he's distributing the ball well, just about four assists, and he gets a ton of rebounds. Like last night when I was checking the box score, he wasn't scoring, but he had, I think, six rebounds yeah, in that so first he half. He was leading the team in rebounds before Cliff took him. Right. And Cliff's your center. He's 6'11". Yeah. He should be. And so, you know, if, if your guy's not hitting shots, he's getting your rebounds, and he's still getting two and a half steals a game. Like, he has more than just a three-point quality to his game, and that's what Peichel really loves about him because if it's a meat grinder, he a game that you mentioned, uh, Jack, he could play defense. If it's a high-scoring affair, you give him the ball, he shoots at 44% from three. And overall shoots um, around 44%. And then the free-throw line, I mean, couldn't you ask for— I mean, if you're a Rutgers fan, the guy not only shoots three-ball well, doesn't only play defense— Gets rebounds, but he also shoots 94% from the line. Uh, look, uh, that should be the better than the 44% shooting 94% from right. the line. I was, I was dumbstruck when at the end of the Northwestern game, Cam Spencer's three only made it a one-point game. We came down, got the stop with Northwestern, Cam went to the line for more free throws, and he ab- he, bar- he buried the two, three, two shots that he had to hit at the free throw line. They weren't even close. He was looking straight into the student section, steps up there. Flips the ball, bang, bang, boom. Like not, like not even phased at all. Like look, if you want to look at like the free throws, it was, it was, it was unbelievable because being in those, like being in grits, not D one college level, but being in those spots, like you know, in high school in a normal game, like that could get to you. Like you know, being in like a spot where you can close out the game like that, it's not easy to be so composed at the line and make those shots. And the point I'm trying to make with that is that I really respect Cam Spencer because of his. You know, ability to kind of just be as focused as possible on the task at hand. And Geo's talked about it a lot over Twitter and Instagram about Cam's the most focused player he's ever seen, most dedicated player. And I see it a lot, you know, being in the building, like setting up for, you know, my internship with marketing, like seeing him out there two hours before the game. Cliff is walking into the building and, you know, in his street clothes while Cam is in full uniform getting shots up with the team managers. Like he is so dedicated to his craft and, him knocking down those free throws against Northwestern is kind of just the epitome of just you know what he brings to the table. So he's the first he, guy out be, there and the last guy. Out first there. last guy, night he could not guy. he would not get off the court. The entire team besides for Kayla McConnell and Cam Spencer left the floor, went back to the locker room, get their final treatment, wrap up, you know, get their ankles taped up, anything they had to do. Cam Spencer, Kayla McConnell just stayed on the floor and shot from everywhere. He is he's Cam's always the first one out. Like it's it's I respect it. I really do he's respect a gym it. Rat. You see he, it. You, you see it with Gio, what he says, exactly what you said, Giddy. Like, he says he's a gym rat. He's a competitive guy and very focused guy. And, you know, you see the proof is in the pudding with what he's been able to do in big spots this year. So, so he's in a slump. Before we send it to break, he's in a slump. He'll be fine. He's going to break out. He'll Does he fine. break out against Iowa? Because this is a game where the I think script would, would let it. I don't know. I am wait. I don't know. I don't know what game is going to be. Could be next week against Minnesota. That could be a prime spot. I'm waiting for one game with Cam Spencer where he just gets ridiculously hot. Like, I'm talking like eight for nine from three hot. Just like going nuts. And then he has the courage of his conviction to shoot from the Jersey Mike's Arena logo or the logo in the middle of the New Jersey in the middle of the court at Jersey Mike's Arena. I'm waiting for one of those games when it happens where he just gets absurdly hot and he heat checks from like a Steph Curry range shot. I'm waiting for it. Does he drill the heat check? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Maybe that's Minnesota. Just, it would be it would be that, a that's a kind of open fire. Be a it'd be a prime spot, but you can't take Minnesota lightly because we saw what they did in Columbus. So very true, very true. That's gonna wrap it up for our first segment here on the Wednesday Crew. This was we talked a little bit about Rutgers men's basketball. Still, lots more to come in the season. Lots more to come tonight. We're gonna step aside, take a quick break. When we come back, locks of the night coming up. You're listening to the WRSU Crew on 88.7 WRSU FM New Brunswick and online at wrsu.org. Welcome back to the WRSU crew here on 88.7 FM and WRSU.org. I'm Dylan Allen alongside Jack Basea and Gideon Fox running the board over there. Time for Can We Just Talk. We just wrapped up our segment about Rutgers men's basketball. I had a couple of interviews, one from Michael Shrewsbury, the head coach for Penn State, his thoughts on his team's performance last night. A uh, quote about Steve, uh, Steve Peichel giving a quote about his defensive outing all season long and uh, an interview with Paul Mulcahy. So if you missed any of that, make sure to check out our Spotify, our podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcast from, WRSU Sports. We will have the uh, interviews uploaded on our segment there, so check that out afterwards if you missed that. But right now, we are at Locks of the Week. And guys, um, Jack, you weren't here last week, but I believe when Alec filled in, we kept track of our, our picks for last week. And Gideon, you weren't here either because you were on the trip at Michigan State. So right now I'm one and zero, and I think Eddie's zero and one, who's also not here, and Alec also went zero and one. So I'm gonna try and keep up my perfect season thus far. Just retire now. You're undefeated. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you, like the game. Just, 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 just d- delete your DraftKings account right now. Yeah, like, you want to know? That's it. Call it a night. Hang a jersey in the Raptors, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go to. The NBA. I'm not too strong with the NBA. I just don't watch it enough to really have a grasp for any of that. See that 40 bomb from LeBron though last night. Hundred something points away from Kareem. I think it's 178. Did they win? Did they end up winning that game? Nope. They lost by like 20. Wins and losses. Well, no, because history because we went out and they were losing the whole time. I didn't realize LeBron was having a good night. Like kind of quiet. You know, I I saw the final score and I saw 46 from LeBron. I was like, wow. Anyway, locks. Alright, there you go. Um. So, because our very own Eddie Kalegi is in attendance at the 76ers game right now, rooting for his Brooklyn Nets, I'm going to use that game for my lock of the week. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Philadelphia 76ers money line minus 225. I think the value could be a little bit better there. If you wanted to pair it with maybe a player prop and the team to win to get better odds, you could. So, like, if you wanted to take, I don't know, Joel Embiid and double-double plus a 76ers win, you could find that, take that for better odds. Um, I, I just don't see a way that the, the Nets win this game. They have no Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving's been playing well. But I, I think without Kevin Durant, I think it's too much for them to overcome. Joel Embiid has been in, a, in the MVP conversation the whole season. Tyrese Maxey's been playing awesome. I, I'm not sure. Is he still hurt, Tyrese Maxey, or is he, is he playing now? I think he's still hurt. He's still I hurt? Okay. Well, if he's not what did, playing. What did he do? I don't. I'm not exactly sure what the injury was. This NBA, this NBA season is ridiculous. NBA seasons are ridiculous. Like how was like half the league injured? Well, I don't think he's. I don't think he's playing because I don't. I can't bet him in points or anything. Wait, so well, yeah, probably. But I think it's because of the bubble. Like every it, the seasons have been shortened. Maybe that's right. why. Maybe. So I, I like the 76ers here. James Harden's been playing much better than what he did against the uh, when he was on the Nets. Right. Um, 
So I, I like the 76ers money line here. It's at home for them. Sorry, Eddie, your Nets will not win. Um, but maybe your Eagles will win on Sunday. Maybe. Who knows? But I'm going to go 76ers um, against the Nets money line. Which brings me to who wants to go next. I think I have. Jack, do you have one? Gideon, please I tell do. me you have a, I, you, please I tell have me you have a hockey unless, lock. Giddy, you need more work. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you want to take one, right. I'll make something crazy for you, Dylan. So, <laughs> don't worry. I'm working on something. As we here. all know, Championship Sunday is coming up. So... Big game. I'm looking forward to it. Cowboys, Eagles, NFC Championship. Oh, alternate oh, universe. Um, Never mind. I was in my dreams. <laughs> I, was, I was I was living in my dreams. Uh, anyway, back to reality. Um, so, San Antonio Spurs and Los Angeles Lakers play tonight, and the Lakers are favored by seven points at the moment. Here's my prediction. It's a bit of an elaborate one, but. So right now, the Lakers are listening, an, listing Anthony Davis, Lonnie Walker the fourth, and LeBron James as questionable tonight. Davis is playing tonight. Anthony Davis is playing tonight. I think he is. Yeah, yeah he is, he's and, playing tonight on a pitch count, though. Like he's going to play 20 to 24 minutes. Okay. So I think LeBron's not going to play second night of a back-to-back. He usually doesn't play second night to the back-to-back. Because of that, the line's going to drop for the Spurs, and the Spurs are going to steal one off the Lakers tonight. So I'm taking Spurs plus seven. Um, I think it's a good bet, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, I I like that LeBron's not gonna play, and even if AD does play, which it seems like he will, how much input will he have, and if he's coming back from an injury? So hmm. I like it. Actually, wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna amend that real quick. Uh oh, I'm gonna amend it. Full I'm thinking, audible. I'm thinking of more. It's an audible so, at the line of scrimmage. LeBron's not gonna play tonight. Right. The line's gonna drop to maybe. It's gonna. Go, what's the line at right now? Minus seven. And so it's gonna probably drop to like five or four. Five or four. Yeah. So I'm thinking the Lakers win by five tonight. It's gonna drop to four. So they're gonna win the game. The yeah. Lakers. The Lakers are gonna win. It's gonna win by five. So then you would take this. Take this. Well, I don't know if they drop it a full two or three points, yeah. but I mean LeBron's a big player. It's so in L.A. In too. L.A. I mean, I would still take the Lakers. Anthony Davis, although his input not, might not be that great. Yeah, it's his first game back. It's his back, first game so. back. But I think they're On more talented count, than, so. than the Spurs, no? They should be. Yeah, but the NBA is weird like that. Any team could be anyone on any given day, just like just like football. So, I don't know. Anything could happen, but I'll pick. I'll take the Lakers to win by about five points. And if the line doesn't move, then I was wrong. So, so a full 180. Yeah. I like it. All right. Giddy, that means it's you. So, we have a little two-team te- two parlay. Bridging two sports, um, I we could have a conversation about which game will be more competitive. Um, but first, we're going to start with the NHL. Um, the Islanders are in Ottawa tonight, taking on the Ottawa Senators. Um, should be a win for the Senators. Not going to bet on it based off value, but I'm going with the over-under. It's at 6.5 right now. Might drop to 6 within the next 14 minutes uh, before puck drop. Uh, last I saw, it was at, it's at 6.5 and, and minus 135. So you're going to take that because... Both teams, the Senators can't really score at all, and the Islanders have always had good defense, but also can't score. And they have a fantastic goalie um, in Ilya Sorokin. Um, But I'm also going to have to combine that with my other favorite sport, mid-major college basketball, as IUPUI. (laughs) Yes, yes, it's the Horizon League. It's it's Wednesday night. It's Horizon League basketball time. IUPUI is taking on Purdue-Fort Wayne. Um, The spread is 18.5. That's just too many points. 
Way too many points. Way too many points. I mean, they, they yeah, exactly. Got to exactly. sprinkle a little on IUPUI. So you parlay that together, minus 110. Uh, right. Also, if you want to bet another mid-major college basketball game, take UMass, or excuse me, take Richmond Moneyline against UMass. Um, that's a pick em, uh, last I saw. Um, but we're, we're going to ignore that. We're going to go with the Horizon League. So you parlay those, you get plus 232. And there you go. It's just going to be a, it's a weird night. You're not going to be entertained in either one of those games. You're going <laughs> to change the channel. Um, because those games will not be entertaining. There's much better basketball on tonight and much better hockey on tonight. Um, but yeah, that's what. But I'm there's at. no way you lose by 18, right? I, I mean, look, you know the the home court advantage of Purdue Fort Wayne is is oh. not so great. I know they have a really tough uh, crowd there. Oh yeah, all oh, 100 wow. of them. <laughs> um, or look, you you could bet Richmond too. UMass's top player, top scorer is out. Mm. Um, Interesting. And it's a pick'em. Pick and it's a pick'em because it's at home. It's a Richmond home game. It's a it's a UMass home game, which I think it was a Richmond home game. They'd probably be like three point, three and a half point favorites, um, but it's on the road. And also, I mean, this it's one of those things where it's like the spread always misses in this series, or like the road team never covers. Whatever, one of those things, um, which I think is also has something to do with the line, but nothing like some mid major college basketball. Is Lawyer's brother still there? Fletcher Lawyer, his older brother. I actually have zero idea. I've actually not been following that much of major basketball this year as I would have liked to, and I was looking more at the Big Ten, um, so I have no idea. But once once March or once late February comes around, I'll probably get back into it. I'm not even sure if I'm thinking the right of the right team. Richmond Spiders or the UMass Minutemen? No, for Richmond, I thought oh, maybe it's a, maybe it was Davidson. It's probably Davidson then. Okay, I was thinking of the wrong team, so never mind then. But all right, listen, I I always love a little IUPUI lock of the week there and. The, the odds seem great. I might have to join you on that one, Giddy. Oh, God. <laughs> See, that's not good, though. Now <laughs> now you've questioned your own parlay. So, anyway. Uh, but that'll do it for Locks of the Week as we wrap up Hour 1 just shortly. About 10 minutes left in Hour 1, so don't go anywhere. More to come on The Crew, WRSU-FM, New Brunswick. Tune in to Glorna Heron, the Voice of Ireland program, on Sundays from 5 to 6 p.m. Your hosts, Michael Callahan, Jack McCullough, Tommy Burns, and Joe O'Sullivan, play the best in Irish music and share news from Ireland and the Irish-American community in New Jersey. Broadcasting from the campus of Rutgers University every Sunday at 5 on WRSU 88.7 FM. Three transition. Euro step from Smeichel and she gets it to go. It's City Bay has to shoot it. City Bay a long triple. Yes! Rutgers women's basketball is off to a thrilling start in their first season under new head coach Coquise Washington. Their season continues as they head into Big Ten play. WRSU is your home for all things Rutgers women's basketball, including live coverage of every game. It's all right here on 88.7 WRSU FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org. The Rutgers Film Co-op and the New Jersey Media Arts Center, in association with the Rutgers University Program in Cinema Studies, is proud to present the New Jersey Film Festival for Spring 2023. The 41st annual festival will be presented online as well as in person on Rutgers campus in Voorhees Hall at 71 Hamilton Street between January 27th and February 19th, 2023. Ticket buyers will have special access to filmmaker introductions and Q&A sessions for many of the films. So don't miss Rutgers' own film festival, which celebrates independent filmmaking. For more info, go to njfilmfest.com.
just talk? Can we just talk? And welcome back to the final nine minutes here on the Wednesday Crew. Gideon Fox, Jack Bisea, Dylan Allen. Guys, it's weird saying Wednesday Crew. I got so used to saying Monday Crew last semester. <laughs> yeah, right. When we had the exact same lineup. Um, but nevertheless, it's Crew. It's Can We Just Talk? So we're going to spin the prize wheel, which got lost during COVID, got thrown out. We had to buy a new one, had to submit for reimbursement. It's a whole thing. Whole song and dance we do with Rutgers. But we got back the spinning prize wheel. So we're going to see who it lands on and we'll go from there. Wow. Okay, Jack, I forgot to put your name on it, but Dylan, it landed on you. So DA, take it away. My bad, Jack. I'll put you on twice next week. Haters. All right, well, luckily for you, I have a topic. Let's talk about this weather today. I mean, how god-awful was this weather today? Just an absolute downpour and for hours on end. I had to walk pretty much the length of college I have to get to class to get back to my apartment. And stupid me, didn't really look at the weather report, so I, I just wore like a jacket with no hood, and I didn't bring an umbrella. I have one with me now because I know better now, but I didn't bring one before. And it just, it wasn't raining, so I didn't think anything of it. And then all of a sudden, it starts downpouring. Like, as soon as I start my walk, and it's at the point where I can't go back to my apartment because I'm going to be late for class if I decide to do a U-turn and go back and get stuff. So, just an awful day of weather. It's like, it's it's also like slushy. Like, like in the winter, I don't mind if it snows. I actually love the snow in the winter. When it rains, it's depressing because it's cold, it's dreary, cloudy. Right, and then the sun goes down at four thirty, and oh it's my depressing. God. And so that I think that the weather the past couple of weeks has been dreadful. The, pre, the past couple of days, I meant, has been dreadful all around. Well, yesterday was a beautiful day, right? But well, well, yesterday it, was good. Yeah, yesterday was a beautiful day, but like it's been depressing, really. But that's winters here in the Northeast, I guess. That's it, and 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 surprisingly, we haven't gotten a whole lot of snow. Like I heard. Today we were supposed to get some snow, and then it just shifted all to rain, and Snowed that's what bit. we got. Snowed a bit. It was like it was weird. It was a combination of yeah, rain, like heavy a, rainfall, it was, and it was snow. Like slu- that's what I meant. It was like slushy. Like it was a mixture of like rain and snow. And and, and I don't think I think after time there was a, too much rain. It was just becoming puddles everywhere at that point. Um, like the buses. Forget about the buses, man. Like I, I thought about. Taking the shortcut like down at the student center here and taking the LX down to the yard and then getting off there. <laughs> but like, I mean, it was packed. I tried it. I was just it was. Well, used, you picked used the used most it. packed bus line to try to. Take it was the, the only one on. there. No, even the eight, even the Bush buses today were packed. But that was because they had the buses we got from Auburn, like the little, like commuter buses. Right. You know, the buses. Those are from Auburn. You say buses uh, so, from Auburn? Auburn? Yeah, they're from Auburn. Yeah, if you see someone there, explain. They're, if, they're, um, my friend um, is a. Bus fanatic, I know. Does he and run the bus, bus fanatic? Reddit? No, no. I but he knows. Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm I not love the Rutgers bus. All I know is he loves buses, and then he said we're getting a new a bunch of new buses from Auburn, and so it's those new buses because they also have Auburn ads on them, like from the university. So they they still have some of them still have Auburn ads on them. Wait, those those the the short white ones? Yeah, the short white ones. The ones that look like if what? you ever they're from Auburn? Yeah. It, that is so The bus r- for those Matt, of I think you, we should start I think we should start a bus beat at the Daily Target. Yeah. It's if you ever <laughs> live like by me in Bergen County, like the buses that you get to go on the George Washington Bridge, you pay $5 to go up, go to the George Washington Bridge. It's those types of buses. 
Wait, I'm so intrigued. I want to do. We should do a deep dive into this. We should. How? how like why? How Auburn? Like yeah, why it's, Auburn? it's not the same conference. They're not. It's not close to us. It's like, like in the. I don't know. Like why I, couldn't UMD give us their buses? Right. It's <laughs> the drive has got to be like what a five hour drive on, on the a bus. It's a five. It's a like four and a half five. Yeah, hour but with drive. the bus you're gonna go a little and bit it's slower. It's up a major not highway too. It's up nine I ninety five. So it it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, wait. I'm I'm very interested in that. I. We should do a deeper dive into this. But it has Auburn ads on it? I I have seen Auburn ads on the bu- on those buses. Well, I have class until 11.30 tomorrow, and I think I'm just going to take a bus afterwards. <laughs> like, I'll come back to College Ave and just... So the ads I'll are still on the bus? I'm so I have intrigued. seen ads. They might have taken them down, but, like, early... like a, Eagles on the buses. Like, toward <laughs> last semester, I did see a couple of Auburn ads on them. Whoa. On those buses, they forgot to take off. However, though, I haven't done this lately because those buses are so packed. I've been a little worried just to get a spot on the bus at this point. And so, they're, like, if I were to go up to a bus stop or anyone listening, like, what would they look like? Like, color-wise? And... It's like, it's a white bus, okay. white stock bus. Like, okay. well, like, a manage, like I said, if you've been by me, there's a bus that you go, that is on the George Washington, that you go taken from Fort Lee or from New York to go across the bridge. It costs $5. It's like those buses. Okay, gotcha. I used from to do September that for Yankee games. September 13, 2022, a tweet. LOL. The Rutgers bus I am on, 3367, has Auburn posters. There you go. So is it's confirmed. Friend, is your friend Jeremy Zorick? No. No? Well, I, this guy this guy is a transit enthusiast advocate, <laughs> New Yorker now in Jersey. So nice. I thought maybe that might be your friend. Okay. But, uh. Think about how much good football those buses have seen. Uh, and then they come up to Rutgers. Yeah. And that, those buses have seen a national championship. Yeah, but <laughs> now they come up. I, I, but, look, now they have they have Steve Peichel over Bruce Pearl. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a pretty good trade. I, I, mean, I don't know. What do you think we gave Auburn? Like, wh- do you think this was a fight? Like, do, do you think we paid Auburn for, to rent? Maybe we took on their DoorDash debt, and that's why now <laughs> we're, we're under so much heat now. And they're just like, hey, guys, listen, under the table, it's not ours. It's just that that was – that's business, all right? They just, maybe they, they drive DoorDash with those buses. Maybe. Because that's how you deliver food for a football team. Like, you can't just yeah. stick that in the back of a car. Yeah, like, that, does Andy Katz drive it? Yes. <laughs> Andy Katz should drive the bus. No, Andy Katz has got to drive those classic Rutgers buses that say Rutgers on them. Yes. That's not a good some, question. Not some what, loner what bus. What type of bus would Andy Katz drive if he went to Rutgers? It's I think either, that's, that's going to go right on the Twitter. That's going right on the WRSU Twitter. That's it's, coming yeah. back to WRSU Let's Twitter. Take, it should polls. be the Rutgers. Right, so but take this. Take this. Da. This is perfect radio, by the way, for uh, in honor of Chris. But this bus <laughs> right here, just have Andy Katz's face like at the front right there, and just put. It we on should make that Twitter. edit, post it on Twitter, and tag him and see if he responds. It's going. It's going on Twitter because John Walton responded to our banner picture. I'm going to do it right now while you guys keep talking about buses. Well, okay. Let's let's. How many Rutgers buses are there's the short white ones. Which are going to in parentheses from Auburn. Right. Short white Which I, buses. I've been on before and I didn't realize. Then you have the normal Rutgers bus. Then you have the, the Pride bus, right? The yeah, the Pride, oh yeah, the Pride bus is a little which bit is a, Which is a regular Rutgers bus it's just with a different paint yeah, job. Got it. It. Okay. So it's, it's essentially the same interior-wise. Gotcha. I think there is a different model bus, but I just don't know the matter. It's, I could tell by the seating. If the seating arrangement is different. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, what about the accordion bus? There's like one accordion bus that drives from like Bush to Cook Dog. Oh yeah, that uh, maybe I don't that's see those anymore. It's it's. I think it's just one. Oh my god, that would be so. That would fit so much more people. I, I love think. those buses. They use them for football shuttles all the time. Oh, and then they yeah, got rid yeah. of them. Then they, then they oh my god, it. there's so many buses at Rutgers. We're gonna run out of Twitter options. <laughs> uh, normal 
Rutgers bus. Uh, let's see. Football shuttles is another bus. That's the one with the accordion. That's what I was talking about. Wait, the fo- I, th- I was talking about the coach buses. Yeah, I think I was talking about the coach buses. Uh, There's like the big silver ones that aren't Rutgers. It's like Academy. Gotcha. Football coach bus shuttle. Oh, God. There's not enough space. Football coach bus shuttle is exactly 25 characters when you don't put a space between bus and shuttle. So let's do football shuttle, football game shuttle. What other buses? We have the short white buses, the accordion bus, normal Rutgers bus. Hmm. Not, I, I think that might be it. Is that it? Yeah, that's probably, yeah. probably about it. We should tag Andy Katz and say which one were you which one yeah. you taking. Which bus would at and if you are listening right now and you don't Listen, follow right, WSRG right. Sports Wait. on Twitter, do it right Jenny, now. This is me, the content that's going out. Send me the pictures of the bus. I got a I got a uh, I got a I got a um thing of Andy Ka- <clears throat> Andy Katz that I can edit onto a picture. What's that called? Like the uh the sticker on Snapchat? I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Which records bus all right. Wow, that was that went from the weather to I think a, an incredibly fascinating topic that I think this will not be the last time we talk about this. No, it won't be. I, I don't think it should be. We'll have to investigate further. Did you put that out on the Twitter? It's just about to go. I want to proofread it once we send it to break. Well, let's talk to the news. Uh, we should we should do a collab with the news department to figure this out. We should have them go investigate. Get some. By the way, the all this beautiful radio is going on a uh, eighty-eight point seven WRSU FM, top of the hour, seven o'clock. So bang, there you have, go. To save. have to save. It. Oh yeah. <laughs> Shout out Jake Schmid. But after a fascinating bus topic, if you want to continue the conversation, you could please go to the WRC Sports Twitter account, vote on the poll, let us know what you have, comment with your ideas. But with that, that's going to end hour one. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, a whole nother hour here on the Wednesday edition of The Crew. You've been listening to The Wednesday Crew on the WRC of New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org.